you're listening to Time in the Word. During the next six messages, Dr. Gonzalez will be discussing in some detail the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Dr. Gonzalez explains that the three series of judgments, seals, trumpets, and bowls, are successive judgments. In other words, each set of judgments follows or succeeds the previous one. It is during the last three and a half years that the world will experience the trumpet and bowl judgments. As the seventh seal is broken by the Lord, the trumpet judgments begin. These judgments are more severe than the first six seal judgments and come in answer to the prayers of the saints of God. Today he will begin by looking at where Israel is and what the activities of Antichrist are at the beginning of the second half of the tribulation and start an expository study of the trumpet judgments. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Well, if you have been joining us for the past few weeks, you know we have been spending some time looking at the book of Revelation along with other books considering what the Bible has to say about the future of this country and about the future of the world. We have already looked at the first three and a half years of the tribulation period and we have already considered what would be taking place uh, midpoint through the tribulation. Now we're going to enter uh, the last or the remaining three and a half years of the tribulation period where we'll be spending considerable amount of time in the book of Revelation, particularly Re Revelation uh, chapter 13, and we will be making references to other books of the Bible such as Matthew and uh, a number of Old Testament books such as uh, Zechariah or Ezekiel or Daniel and so on. Um, yeah, so if you have Bibles with you, just go ahead and open to the book of Revelation and you can open to uh, chapter uh, 13. Uh, first we're going to consider where Israel is uh, as we start the uh, remaining three and a half years on planet earth and then we will consider the activities of Antichrist and once we have considered those two things we will actually start looking at the remaining judgments. We know that we have already gone through six sealed judgments during the beginning uh, or during the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. We know that the seventh judgment in essence brings about the remaining three and a half years and in essence it ushers us into or it brings about the the, the next set of ju uh, the next series of judgments which is uh, the the trumpet judgments. Now uh, of course I have mentioned this before but I'll mention it again. We approach the study of prophecy from a dispensational point of view. We believe in the literal 1,000 year reign of Christ on planet earth. We believe uh, that the tribulation uh, or that the rapture will occur prior to the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, I understand that there are many uh, even conservative evangelicals out there, out there who uh, may take a different approach to uh, prophecy. Uh, certainly this is something that we can agree to disagree on. This is not an essential of the faith. But I believe that the things that Revelation and other books of the Bible tells us will, will happen, I believe they will happen literally because as we consider the prophecies that have already been fulfilled up to this point, these prophecies have been fulfilled uh, literally. I think uh, the best way to interpret prophecy, particularly prophecy, since that's what we're considering at this point, is to take the Bible literally and not to allegorize or spiritualize uh, passages. And we need to maintain uh, a difference or we, a distinction between the church and the nation of Israel. 
the church is not, has not taken the place of Israel. Israel is still uh, a, a separate entity from the church. God, uh, we are in the dispensation of grace, so God is dealing with the church right now. But once the church is removed from the uh, earthly scene, then God goes back to dealing with the nation of Israel and brings them to a place where they repent and acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ finally as their Lord and Savior. So first let's consider uh, where Israel is as we begin the remaining three and a half years of the tribulation period, the last three and a half years of the tribulation period before the second coming of Christ. I will read Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, and then uh, verses 13 through 17, uh, and we'll start considering that passage as we, as, uh, after we read it. Uh, it says, The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Uh, verse 13, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman, and the woman here is Israel, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, the male child of course being Christ. The woman was given the, uh, the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time times and a half time, meaning three and a half years, out of the, uh, out of the serpent's reach, meaning the devil's reach, uh, or Satan's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent, or Satan, spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now this is a very interesting passage and uh, I, I believe that the terms used here by the Apostle John are fairly uh, easily understood. Now there's several things we want to look at here uh, first of all. Obviously the dragon is Satan uh, or the serpent is Satan. Uh, the woman is Israel. The child that she gave birth to is Christ and uh, we see we believe that these things will happen literally, although we can't dogmatically say how this is going to be manifested once it occurs. We have to remember that John lived long before even handguns had been invented. So when John sees how history unfolds during the seven-year tribulation period, and he sees things that he has never even imagined existed. He attempts to uh, compare those things to things that he was familiar with in order to give us the picture of what the tribulation was going to be looking for. Now, passages like Matthew 24, verses 9 through 24, and Revelation, the passage that we just read, clearly indicate that the last three and a half years of the tribulation period is going to be a time of severe persecution, particularly for the nation of Israel. Now remember, one of the purposes for the tribulation is for, for, for the Jews to be persecuted and for God to bring the nation of Israel into the 
into a personal relationship with the Messiah that they have rejected over history, but to bring them finally into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, the other reason for the tribulation was for God to judge the world, uh, the sin of the world, and the persecution of the world, uh, uh, not only against the Jews, but against Christians or believers who were saved during the tribulation period. In fact, this passage we just read makes reference to that. If you notice at the end uh, of that passage, it said, the dragon was enraged at the woman, Israel, and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. And this is a reference, it clearly indicates at the end of that passage that this is a reference to those who had come to faith in Christ during the tribulation. For it says, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of, of Jesus. So Satan once he's cast out of heaven, and obviously Satan had access to heaven, but once Satan is cast out, one, once he loses that war with Michael and the angels, and him and the evil uh, uh, angels are cast out of heaven into the earth, he, his fury is unleashed particularly against the nation uh, Israel. Because the nation Israel, the Jews are God's chosen people, and the nation Israel was essentially the nation that gave birth to the, to the Lord Jesus. By that I mean that Jesus came from uh, the Jews, and he seeks to, in whatever way he can, bring as much suffering, persecution uh, to the Jews. He knows his time is short, for the Bible tells us that when he loses that war against Michael and the angels, he's aware that his time is short, so he, re he unleashes his wrath, and he channels that wrath through Antichrist and the false prophet. Now, Help will come to the nation of Israel, according to this passage we just read in the book of Revelation. Help will come to the nation of Israel as they flee to the wilderness, because Satan and Antichrist will make war again, not only against them, but also against believers who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Messiah during these three and a half years. A time of se severe persecution. Remember, it's a time of Jacob's travel. Now, we've looked at Israel and what it seems to be uh, occurring towards the beginning of the tribulation period when Satan is cast out of heaven uh, onto earth. Now, let's look at Antichrist and what Antichrist is going to be uh, involved in at the beginning of the remaining three and a half years. If you look again at Revelation chapter 13, I'm going to read verses 5 through 7. John says, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months, which by the way is three and a half years. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. He was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. At this particular stage of the tribulation period, Antichrist will have successfully filled the number of power vacuums that have been created throughout the world. And Revelation 13 clearly tells us that the Antichrist will rule for the remaining three and a half years. Now remember, the mission of Antichrist 
is to oppose Christ, the mission of Christ, and the people of, of Christ. If he is aware as well that his time is short, he will unleash his fury and bring Satan's fury, uh, uh, and not only to the people of Israel, but to God's people, those who have trusted Jesus Christ during the time of the tribulation and are living during that time. Now, the, the, the world's population is obviously apparently not going to resist him at this time, not going to resist his rule, but rather they appear to follow after him. Now, it's towards the end of the remaining three and a half years that uh, there seems to be a rebellion uh, against Antichrist or against the rulership, uh, rulership of Antichrist, which is that which leads to Armageddon. By the way, we'll speak about Armageddon towards we, as we get uh, towards the end of these three and a half years. Our Armageddon is not a single event, it's a series of events that leads up to the final war, the climax of, of, of uh, the end times, at least before Jesus comes and sets up his 1,000 year reign. Now, we're going to look now at the judgments of God. Now, remember, we already looked at the first six set of judgments, which were seal one, two, three, four, five, and six. We've already discussed what those seals and what those judgments were going to bring upon the earth. Now we see that judgment number seven, which is spoken of in, in Revelation chapter eight, verse one, uh, in essence bring about, brings about uh, the, the next series of judgments, which will be the trumpet uh, uh, and the three woes. Now uh, these judgments are successive judge, judgments. By that I mean that the judgments follow or succeed the previous set of judgments. Uh, there is not much time elapsing between these judgments at all. We see in Revelation chapter 6 verse in, verses 1 through 17, the first set of judgments being the seals. We see in Revelation chapter 8 verse 1 through Revelation 9:21, the second set of judgments with which are the the trumpets and we see in Revelation chapter 16 verses 1 through 21 the last set of judgments which happened at the very end of the last three and a half years which is the period we're looking at now uh, and these being the worst of those judgments uh, and those we see in Revelation 16 1 through 21 again now during these three and a half years the world will experience uh, something it has never ever experienced even if you take all the wars combined and even if you bring into the, 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 all those wars the natural disasters that have occurred the Bible says that this time of tribulation is going to be so intense it's something that the world cannot even begin to understand how severe it's going to be. And the last three and a half years, which is the period that we're looking at now, are going to be far more severe than even the first three and a half years, even though we've seen how devastating those judgments have been to the world. So again, the seventh seal, which is broken by the Lord, Revelation 8, chapter 1, uh, brings about the trumpet judgments, which begin in verse 6 of uh, Revelation uh, chapter uh, eight. Uh, first of all, we are going to look at 
trumpet number one. If you look at Revelation chapter 8 and verse 7, this is what it says, The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled, hurled down upon the earth. A th listen, a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now, are these things going to happen literally? I believe they are. I don't think I can take prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled, not literally, when I know that the prophecy that has already been fulfilled to this point has occurred literally. Now, I am not going to stand here and be dogmatic and say how this is going to happen. Remember, John is using uh, vocabulary that seems to help us understand the greater picture. How these things happen and how they occur, uh, we don't specifically know. But we know, for example, that we've reached a point in, in the advancement of, the, of technology where we have developed weapons of mass destruction. We have nuclear weapons, we have chemical and biological weapons, uh, we have all sorts of missiles that can literally devastate entire cities countries or regions of the world if deployed. Now, I do believe that much of this technology uh, will be utilized during this time, and I believe that some of what John is attempting to describe is going to be the result of the use of many of these weapons. The problem is John cannot fathom what he sees because he just doesn't know what that is, so he seems to use uh, he tries to illustrate what he sees by that which he understands himself. But anyway, in this particular judgment, several things occur. It tells us that there will be hail and fire, and that that hail and fire is going to be mingled with blood. Now listen to what happens to the world during this trumpet judgment. The world's vegetation will be destroyed. It tells us that a, that a third part of the earth and the trees and all the grass will be burned. This is a massive destruction of the world's vegetation and with no doubt it will lead to a major uh, shortage of food and most likely even limit the, uh, the oxygen supply around the world. Uh, one gentleman, uh, who, uh, a commentator on the book of Revelation, uh, states this. He says, truly the dawning of the atomic age is of great prophetic significance. We have lived on the edge of a potential holocaust for so long we find it difficult to believe that we are on the brink of the rapture of the church and the subsequent unleashing of apocalyptic doom. And again, in light of the technology that the world has developed up to this point, in light of the natural disasters that we have already experienced uh, uh, around the world, is the idea of such devastation unthinkable? I don't believe so. I think we as human beings can now see how plausible the events that the book of Revelation speaks of uh, can happen. 
we have reached a point in human experience and we have reached a point in human history where we can actually imagine the degree of devastation of which John speaks of in the book of Revelation. Uh, one other uh, commentator on the book of Revelation states, blackened land charred and, sm uh, and smoldering covers America, Europe, Australia, Africa, and all the continents. Wildlife dies. Death emits its acrid odors. I believe the earth will experience an ecological upheaval that will make our toxic dumps seem like playgrounds. And I believe he's absolutely right in his description. I believe that the carnage, the devastation around the world, remember this is a global thing. This is not limited to a country. This is not limited to a region of the world. This is a global thing will cause that which we see as toxic wastelands today look like children's playground. We can certainly imagine how there's going to be a shortage of food as a result of natural disasters and as a result of war. We can certainly understand how there's going to be plagues and disease all over the world as the carnage and the corpses of, of not only animals but human beings lay around the world uh, without being buried because of the massive amount of people who will die during the tribulation period. Now in Revelation chapter 8 verses 8 through 9, we see trumpet number 2. Actually, I'm not going to get into trumpet number 2 because we're going to be running out of time. Instead, I want to make an application of what we've discussed so far, not only today, but we've discussed in previous programs. We know that the church will be raptured before all this begins. And my question to you is, if the church is raptured tomorrow and, and the church is composed of people who have trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the church is composed of people who have been forgiven of their sin because of the atoning work of Christ on the cross. The church is composed of people who understand that neither they can save themselves nor they can even contribute to their own salvation. And my question to you by way of application is simply this. If the church is to be raptured tomorrow and those who are not in a personal relationship with Christ are those who are left behind to experience this tribulation period. My question is simply this, will you go with the church and be spared the horror of the tribulation period or will you be one left behind to experience the things that the world is going to experience? Let me just make it as simple as I can. If the rapture happens tomorrow, and it could, because Scripture says that nothing needs to be fulfilled in order for the rapture to, to, to take place. We believe in, 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 in the imminency of the rapture. If that is true, then that means that the people who will be left behind to experience the horrors of the tribulation are people that we know. They could be our co-workers, they could be our neighbors, for that matter, they could be our relatives. That could be you. Are you certain, my friend, that if Jesus came, descended to the clouds to take his church 
to be in heaven while the tribulation is occurring, are you certain that you would be one of those going to meet with the Lord in the air, or would you be one of those left behind? If you're not sure, you need to make a decision about Jesus.